Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you very much, and greetings, everyone. And it is good to have you with us here at the International Gospel Hour. Let's consider a few things today concerning the church we read about in the Bible. In our previous broadcast, we noted that, you know, regardless of the religious group, and although in-depth study may show differently, initially an individual believes the following two things. The first, that the idea of religion or church is from God. And second, the Bible is the only book that can make a 100% claim that it is God's Word. In a previous broadcast concerning the church we read of in the Bible, we noted some very unique things of the church. Before time began, before God said, let there be light, the church was in His mind and in His purpose— We noted that from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, and also from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. What is so amazing about this is that God Almighty, before He even created the world and all therein, the church was in His mind. Isn't it wonderful that you and I can be part of the church that was in the mind of God, yes, in this day and age? The second thing we noticed in our previous broadcast about the church we read of in the Bible is before the church came into existence, the prophets of God spoke of it through inspiration, such as Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and even throughout the book of Isaiah. And even in Micah 5 and verse 2 of the prophecy of the Christ, all the prophecies in the Old Testament spoke of the church and redemption that would come through Jesus Christ. And they were guided and inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things. To where there is no contradiction, there is full agreement. You see, the men of old did not write according to their own interpretation, as Peter mentioned in Second Peter chapter 1, but they were guided by the Holy Spirit. And then the third thing we noticed in our previous broadcast about the church is through Jesus Christ, the promise was made to build His church, that same church that was purposed and prophesied. Through Jesus Christ, the promise was made when He said in Matthew 16 and verse 18 unto Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. That Peter, because of his confession, the solid foundation confession, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the church would be built. Jesus promised to build his church. Dear friends, isn't it interesting that when Jesus said he would promise to build my church, as he termed it, that that is singular. How many churches were planned in the purpose of God before eternity? May we submit to you the Bible affirms, but one. How many churches did the prophets speak about of old? May we submit to you just one. And how many churches did Jesus promise to build? Right again, my friends, just one. 
And when I look in the Bible, I see that there is but one church. Yes, I see multiple churches, as in churches in their locations, or congregations, or assemblies, as we may refer to them. But it is of interest to find the Bible speaks of but one church. And God, who is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as we note in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, God has guided us through His Word, the Holy Bible, to find that church and to know. Here at the International Gospel Hour, we wish to direct mankind to the church we read about in the Bible, for we can trust that church and know it is the church that God would have us to be a part. We offer, through the International Gospel Hour, a variety of reading materials, a variety of reading material, I should say, a variety of study material, and if you contact us at our toll-free number at one 855 444-6988. We'll be glad to send you whatever material you are looking for. That's 1-855-444-6988. Again, that's 1-855-444-6988. And if you'll contact us, we will give you a free Bible correspondence course. We'll help you with any free material of a study matter that you may be looking for. Please let us know how we can help you. And everything from the International Gospel Hour is absolutely free. We want you to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as Peter said in 2 Peter 3.18. And now, let us continue the study of the church we read about in the Bible. The church we read about in the Bible was purchased by Jesus Christ. In Acts 20 and verse 28, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the elders of the church in the area of Ephesus. And he is in Miletus, and he calls for these elders. And they come, and Paul is teaching and instructing and exhorting them and encouraging them in their good works. Paul told them in Acts 20 and verse 28, "...to take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock." over the which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. What a beautiful thought and a beautiful passage. First of all, I love it when Paul tells these elders, these men that were placed over the church there at Ephesus, to take heed or pay attention or give attention to yourselves. You know, before a man takes the charge of being an elder or an overseer of a congregation, he must take heed unto himself. He must look at the qualifications put forth in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 and 1 Peter chapter 5. And he must consider these things. Dear friends, I'm sure you would agree that it is very hard to respect and to grow in an area or grow with someone who does not take heed unto himself. Elders that are placed over the congregations of churches of Christ have this charge before them to take heed unto themselves. Will it not be a wonderful thing, and is it not wonderful that you can attend a congregation of the church of Christ and find these men there ready and available? As qualified? Then after they take heed to themselves, they take heed unto the flock which they have charge. The Holy Spirit made them overseers. How did he do that? Well, the Holy Spirit guides man through the word of God 
to where we are able to read and see the qualifications and how these men are to conduct their lives. And as they feed the church of God, they want to make certain that the congregation is fed, and they want to make the congregate make certain the congregation has what they need. This is a wonderful study for another time, but we wanted to mention these things because, as we've noticed, the uniqueness of the church we read of in the Bible, that this is a unique situation. A congregation and the New Testament was not overseen by one pastor, but in reality, a plurality of pastors that were also known as elders or shepherds or overseers, even bishops, 1 Timothy chapter 3 And in 1 Timothy, the word presbytery is used, which refers to a group of those men. When we think about this passage, let's move on to the meaning we wish to bring forth, that the Bible, the Bible tells us that the church was purchased by Christ, and he purchased it with his own blood. What a price to pay. You know, dear friends, there is a price for everything. Daily, in one way or another, we are concerned about cost. And, you know, we may simply ask, how much does it cost? I recall several years ago, while in secular work, I was making a sales pitch of a product to a national company. And I remember the young lady there, their buyer said, what is, and she called the name of the company, what is our price for that? I thought that was a rather unique way of approach, that not is how much does it cost, but what is so-and-so's price on that, meaning we're looking for the very best cost that we can have. We all look for that. You may even clip coupons to save on money. You may have an app on your phone that saves money. Folks, we're always looking for the best cost, the best price. So, understanding price, let's think about the price paid for the church. It was top-notch, the very best, sad in the fact of the shedding of the blood of Christ and his death on the cross, but joy that through that death, his burial and resurrection, we can have a newness of life, Romans 6, verses 4 through 6, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. In 2 Corinthians 4, beginning with verse 16, we learn that though our outward man will perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. That thought of renewal, how beautiful it is. And all of this is possible through the blood of Jesus Christ, the greatest, the precious price that could be paid for the Lord and His church. Think about the importance of blood even in our lives. Occasionally, one will receive a phone call concerning donating blood. They'll say that surplus is down and blood is needed or a certain blood type is needed. Can you come? From that, we also learn that blood must be pure and free of contamination. That someone may give their blood, but when it is run through various tests and it's looked upon, it may not be good, clean blood to help someone. And indeed, the blood of Jesus Christ was needed for the purpose and the purchase of the church. As God purposed the church in Christ, as we've noted, 
as the prophets of God penned truthfully through inspiration, as we've noted, and as Jesus Christ promised to build his church, it was going to take the blood of Jesus Christ for the purpose, the prophecy, and the promise, but most importantly as well, the purchase of the church. No other blood could purchase the church. Now, dear friends, we talked in a previous broadcast of we see the word church used on many buildings, and we see how the word church is brought forth in so many ways. But, dear friends, no man could give enough blood to purchase a church. Only the blood of Jesus Christ could purchase the church. And the blood of Jesus Christ, according to the New Testament, could only purchase one church because that's all that would be needed. Let's think a little bit more about this purchase price and its uniqueness. The purchase price was planned to be shed. We once again acknowledge back in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, or within a context of verses 9 through 12, how this thought blends in perfectly from this previous study, how the church was purposed in the mind of God before time began. Would you also consider another powerful passage from Revelation 13 and verse 8 that reminds us that the death of Christ and the church was not an afterthought of God? For the Bible says again in Revelation 13:8 that Christ was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You see, again, before time began, God knew that Jesus would shed his blood and would purchase the church. Dear friends, would you not want to look quickly and search quickly to find that church that God had planned? The purchase price not only was planned to be shed, but it was and is as precious as a lamb. Have you ever thought about the lambs throughout the Bible? In Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 through 5, the children of Israel, while they were in Egyptian captivity, understood the importance of a lamb for deliverance, and they understood that for deliverance and for redemption. We also note that Isaiah prophesied of the Lamb, that being Jesus Christ in Isaiah chapter 53. John the Baptist, when he saw Christ coming his way, said in John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. And when he saw Christ coming, that Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin, how beautiful, what a picture. In Revelation 5 and verse 12, in seeing the blessing and the honor of Christ, the Lamb is to receive what would grant, be granted to the Lamb. The words were simple, worthy is the Lamb. And again, dear friends, it wasn't just any type of blood. Hebrews 10 and verse 4 reminds us that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. It wasn't just any type of blood. It was the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb. It was the only price that could be paid for the church, the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. We are reminded of this as well in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, as of a Lamb without blemish and without spot. From time to time within our worship, 
we sing, Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And there is no doubt that most precious Lamb, picked of spotless, flawless, most perfection. No blood that is contaminated, no blood that is damaging in any way or has any problem. No blood in any way could be other than the blood of Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. Now let's look a little further at this purchase price. Not only was the blood planned to be shed and was and is as precious as a lamb, but the purchase price is available to purchase my soul when I am added to the church. You see, the purchase price, the blood of Christ, destroys my sin. In Ephesians 1 and verse 7, we learn about redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. That word, redemption, and the word also redeemed, is defined like a slave that is purchasing his freedom. Many of us may recall over 40 years ago the television broadcast of Roots by Alex Haley. And near the end of the broadcast, we see where there were slaves that were given their freedom. And when they were given their freedom, they treasured those papers that they would be given very, very close They treasured them, they kept them close to themselves, that if anybody asked, they would be able to show the price of freedom, how beautiful it was to see that depicted within that broadcast. But also, more so, it is beautiful that here we were slaves to sin. Jesus taught in John 8, 34, whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. And in Romans 6 and verse 17, Paul tells the church there at Rome, now mind you now, the church, but God be thanked that you were the servants or the slaves of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants, or if you will, the slaves of righteousness. Now, dear friend, let me ask. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Christ, the price that was paid, that you and I can be slaves or bondservants of righteousness? I would much rather be a bondservant or a slave of righteousness than unrighteousness, for the blessings and the benefits are much greater than to live a life of sin. Let's look a little bit more at the beauty of the purchase price of the blood of Christ and what it does for me. First of all, I am purified. Listen to Titus 2 and verse 14. Speaking of Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You see, he redeems us, and then he makes us much more profitable than ever before. You see, dear friends, sometimes we wonder, is there any hope? Sometimes we wonder, is there any opportunity for me? Is there anything? And sometimes we think life may not be worth living. Oh, dear friends, 
when we are obedient to the gospel of Christ, redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ, how beautiful it is that when He redeems us, He gives us hope and a better direction how we can serve and live faithfully for Him. We look less upon ourselves and we look more upon what God's and the door, what God will do and the doors He will open. We also notice that through the blood of Christ, we are reconciled to God. In Colossians 1.20, the Bible says, And by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. The word reconciled means, I am made or brought forth once an enemy and now a friend, and the blood of Christ begins the greatest friendship you and I can ever have to be a friend to Jesus. I love it in Hebrews 13 and verse 12 that we are sanctified. The Bible says again in Hebrews 13:12, Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. The word sanctified means that we are set apart from the world, but we are set apart with a purpose in Christ Jesus. You see, not only are we redeemed, but we are renewed and we can live a greater life each day. Romans 5 and verse 9 tells us, Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. The word justified means just as if I'd, Never sinned. God forgives us, doesn't bring it up. Revelation 1 and verse 5, Those robes were washed and made white in the blood of the Lamb, and that blood continuously cleansed the Christian as he walks in the light. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. Dear friends, not only does the blood purchase us, not only does the blood redeem us, Not only does the blood purify us, reconciles us, sanctifies us, brings forth justification, dear friends, it gives us a great direction and continually cleanses the Christian from sin. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Oh, it brings to mind that beautiful hymn, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Before we go to our final thought, might we suggest to you just a pause to say we appreciate you listening today to the International Gospel Hour. And after our broadcast, take a moment and go to our Facebook page, hit like and follow, and follow us there at the International Gospel Hour. You can also follow us on Instagram at International Gospel Hour as well as on Twitter at our underscore gospel. You can keep up with our latest works and where the international gospel is in your area and when we will be there also speaking or visiting with others in person. And now finally, let's bring forth our broadcast to a close as we think about the church we read about in the Bible and its part for Christ. Dear friends, we will readily concede there is nothing more discouraging than one who claims to be a Christian, a member of the church we read of in the New Testament, yet they're not living faithful lives and they show a totally different life to others than they should. Each book of the New Testament, after the establishment of the church in the book of Acts, instructs the faithful life that Christians should live. 
In Galatians 2.20, Paul himself said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said there is a change in our lives, and it must be before others. In Acts 2 and verse 42, the Bible tells us that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, they were evangelistic in that they went everywhere spreading the word, telling others the soul-saving message of Jesus Christ. In Romans 12, beginning with verse 1, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, writing to Christians, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, he told that church and pled with them that there be no divisions among them. In his second letter to them in 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 1, to put away all filthiness of the flesh. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and following, he warned them not to hear another gospel, but to hear the only gospel of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and following, he exhorted those Christians to put on the full armor of God to stand in battle against Satan. To the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. In Colossians 3 and verse 1, he told the church there, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. He even comforted those in the church in Thessalonica, in 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 13, when he talked to them about being prepared when the Lord will return and not to be sorrowful. And in 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 6, he instructed that church to mark those or to withdraw themselves from one that would walk disorderly. Letters written to the churches advise them how they should live, and the church has its part for Christ. Dear friends, the church we read of in the Bible was purchased by the Christ, and yes, Christians have their part, and their lives should be faithful to the Lord. Once again, dear friends, this church, yes, you can find that same church today. Reach out to us here at the International Gospel Hour. Let us help you in that direction. And my friends, I am delighted you joined me today. Thank you always for joining me. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God, but second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Glory.